Okay, I owe you a pun. This is a this is a, an original pun. Y'all know what NASCAR is. So uh, apparently, none of the NASCAR NASCAR drivers would compete against an ethnic driver. And they said they were all racist. So it's just weird. I don't know what's going on there. That's strange, Kyle. <laughs> okay. We are talking about relativism. I am preparing you for your test on relativism because we, alas, we are in school and we have to have grades and all that stuff. But more than that, I'd like to prepare you for life uh, and how to spot and how to combat relativism in your own world, in your own life. So today is the last day of our notes on relativism. And the first thing I'd like to remind you of, or at least present to you, is your response to other people thanks is your response to somebody when they say you shouldn't push your morality on other people and you will hear that you will hear somebody say you shouldn't judge other people you christians blah 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 when you hear somebody say you shouldn't judge others or you shouldn't push your morality on other people as funny as that is going to be to you now cuz you're going to be like you're, you're judging me. You're, you're putting your, you know. There's one question that you really should ask them. What is that question? Hmm? Why are you judging me? Okay, close. When somebody says, you shouldn't judge me. You shouldn't judge others. You shouldn't push your morality on other people. The one question that you should ask them that will expose it for them is, why not? Just a simple question. Why not? Now, Whatever the person says next, when you say why not, is going to be an explanation of their morality. Is going to be exposing their judgment. Think about it. You shouldn't push your morality on other people, Kyle. And you say, well, well, well why not? And it looks like a legitimate question because it is. Now, what am I going to say? Because it's wrong. What's wrong? Well, it's wrong to judge other people. And then I would just simply say, is, is that your judgment? And now what are they going to say? Well, yeah, yes. I, I mean, and, and you're gonna, you're gonna, that's what we want. We just want them to kind of go, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense, does it? So we don't have to point it out. We don't have to say, hey, you're contradicting yourself, you numbskull. You just simply say, well, why not? And now they're forced to explain to you in a non-contradictory way, why what they just said doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's great. And it's just two little words. So just remember why not. Why not is such a great and powerful tool. Again, these are our tactics. And by asking questions, we can show very, very powerfully uh, things that, that contradict. One of the most enlightening things for me as I was learning all this stuff, um, apologetics, being trained and, and learning about relativism was that there, somebody claimed there's no neutrality in morality. And probably the best example of the fact that you cannot take middle ground, no one can take middle ground, by the way, in, in moral issues, was the debate over abortion. And Somebody that I know, somebody that I met and respect very much, his name is Dr. Francis Beckwith. I believe he's a professor of uh, philosophy, 
professor of ethics at Baylor University. At least that's the last place he was. Dr. Beckwith was in a debate uh, on a panel uh, one time, and it was actually about uh, morality and ethics in law. And he, had, of course, took the stance, uh, a pro-life position. Well, somebody in the audience, uh, no, it was actually the person he was debating, says, see, uh, we don't take a position of pro-life or pro-choice. As the state, we're neutral. If somebody wants to have an abortion, we're not going to stop them. And if somebody doesn't want an abortion, we're not going to force them. So the state actually takes a neutral position. At which point, Dr. Beckwith said, can I ask you a question? Sure. What is it? He says, why do you think it is that some people oppose abortion? And that person said, well, I think it's because they think that that would be taking the life of, of an innocent child. He said, exactly. And if that child is a member of the human race, shouldn't the state do as it does to all the other humans, members of the human race, which is to protect them, to protect their life. And so by the state not protecting the life of a human and taking this supposed middle ground, what they're actually saying without saying it is those unborn are not members of the human race because if they were, we would be obligated to protect them. So to say, oh, we're, we're neither for or against is not true. It's something cloaked in a relativistic worldview, a relativistic stance. Because if the unborn are not human, then the state does not have to protect them. But if they are human, then the state is required to protect them. So there is no neutrality. Either you're protecting them or you're not. But by allowing people to have abortion, you're saying without saying it, they're not humans. They're not members of our community and we are not obligated to protect them. So I really thought, wow, that's, that's amazing. And it really goes to show with every moral issue that even though you take a position that sounds very neutral, oh, well, I'm neither for or against, you are taking a position and that position is called a relativistic position. Um, Greg Kokel, uh, we're going to go listen to him this weekend in Allen, Texas, his brother uh, lived in Hawaii and his brother had kids in school. And at that time, there was this uh, kind of trend, uh, values clarification is what they used to call it in the, in the 80s. And what they do is they'd give kids in a classroom like this really difficult moral scenarios. And then they'd ask the kids to come up with, without any guidance, what would be the right thing to do? What would be the wrong thing to do? And they let the kids decide. Well, the kids came home and of course they're telling their dad, hey, this is what we're doing. Well, the dad marches down to the school and he says, hey, you, you can't do that. You cannot do what you're doing. And the guy was like, wait a minute. We're not telling your kids what to believe. We're not telling them what to think. We're giving them the choice. We're telling them it's up to them. And uh, Greg Kokel's brother said, I know you are. You're giving my children some of the most difficult moral situations imaginable, and then you're giving them absolutely no guidance whatsoever. That's not neutrality, he said. That's relativism. And it is a moral point of view. And you can't do it. Because we all need guidance in order to make the right decisions. That may be true for you 
but not true for me, as, you, as we've already hopefully demonstrated in this class, doesn't work. It does not work because it reduces morality to an individual opinion. So uh, neutrality and morality is false. And somebody that takes that position, you need to show them that there is no neutrality and morality. All right, um, next thing. I hear this a lot, especially with the uh, topic of homosexuality, is I was born that way. And I've already told you, I think, that I believe that people are born that way. I have no problem whatsoever with somebody being born homosexual. I'm attracted to the same sex, okay? My question, so what? So what? So you're born that way. How does it follow that because you're born a certain way, you therefore have the right to act however way, however which way you're born? And, and I like to de demonstrate it like this. What if I was born with an attraction to little kids, a sexual attraction to little kids? Ought I have the right to act out my urges? You say, well, no, that's pedophilia, right? And you'd be right. That is pedophilia. I, just because, I, but wait a minute, I'm born that way. I didn't choose that. Would anybody, would any state say, oh, well, that's okay then? No. What about another forbidden sexual union or another forbidden thing? Like, you know, I have an urge to just smash people with a hammer, just right in the head. You know, well, you shouldn't do that. Well, I was born that way. Oh, okay. Well, by all means, go ahead and smash away. No, uh, so do you see how that doesn't justify necessarily our behavior just because we were born that way? So uh, part of the moral life is actually elevating our natural desires to a standard that is beyond or above what we feel or urge. That's what moral behavior is about. It's about bringing us to a different place than we are. Uh, it's, we all have natural desires and urges that we ought not to act out. So when somebody says, well, as far as the homosexual argument goes, you can't condemn a homosexual's behavior because they were born that way. I want to say that's actually not true. I can. In fact, God does all the time. Uh, I would use the same argument for heterosexuality. And I won't ask for a show of hands, but... If I said, how many of you in here uh, identify as a heterosexual, I would probably get several hands. How many of you have urges to act out your heterosexuality? If it were totally inappropriate, we'd probably see several hands go up. Well, yeah. Is it okay then for you to do that? Well, no. Why? Because God has certain rules and certain standards that he wants us to come up to. It's not okay, it's not good enough to say, well, gee, that's just what I feel, so that's what I'm gonna do. That's animalistic, and I have a big problem with us acting out animalistic instincts, um, namely with sexuality. What do animals do? Do cats, like, ask out other cats to dinner and a movie, and then, hey, you know, meow, meow, and uh, feeling a little frisky? Uh, no. Animals don't ask permission from other animals. Is there consent in the animal kingdom? No. Animals, my friend, rape. That is animalistic. That's an animal instinct. So to say, well, I'm just acting out my natural instinct, and, you know, humans are just the top rung on the ladder of the 
of the food chain there. I'm sorry, I'm not an animal and neither are you. And we have a real problem when Darwinists want to tell us that we're just simply animals because animals rape. And I could actually build a pretty good case for why it's okay to rape then if all we are is animals. But that wouldn't be very good, would it? No. And this is why nobody can live as a relativist. Because somebody says, well, yes, I think people ought to be able to do whatever they want. To that person, what you need to do is you need to... No one can live as a relativist because your professor or whoever begins to tell you about, well, there's no truth and what's right for you is right for you. What's right for me is right for me. That's the guy that you need to go and steal his iPhone. Just steal it. Just go key his car. Why'd you do that? Right, he's going to object. And uh, that's part of how we can actually expose uh, people's contradictory uh, statements is more uh, on their reactions uh, rather on, than on their actions, but their reactions to things. Why'd you do that? You can't do that. You really, you know, you shouldn't, you ought not to. Who do you think you are? Th those kinds of things are actually exposing that we really don't live as relativists. Um, one man said, uh, there's a speaker named Kevin Bywater and he was kind of saying the same thing we're saying, that when somebody starts to wax eloquent about relativism and, oh, well, there's no truth, and you do, you know, everybody's culture is sort of the same, or I'm not the same, sorry, everybody's culture is sort of different, and we can't really judge other cultures for, for other things. And, and the guy said, and it was really kind of in your face and sort of, mm. he said, well, you're saying that we should be able to do the things that we feel like are right. And the guy said, absolutely. He said, what if I wanted to, rape and uh, dismember your daughter. And the guy was like, well, I mean, within reason. See, how do you define what's, because for, for me, within re that's perfectly within reason. That's what I think would be good. You know, so it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the real world. All right, so uh, again, part of the moral life is actually uh, elevating our preferences to a standard that is uh, doing the right thing the standard of doing the right thing. So don't let people get away with the, it's natural or uh, I just feel that way or I was born that way. Shoot, it's much easier for me to yell at you and belittle you and make fun of you and be angry and yell at you than it is for me to hold my tongue and show some self-restraint and show some self-control and uh, not insult you. Those all things come naturally, but God doesn't call us to do the natural. He calls us to do the unnatural. So that argument does not work for me at all. It's, well, it's natural. Well, yeah, I know, but God calls us to be unnatural. Forgive people that don't ask for it. Um, greet people who don't deserve it. Uh, love people who hate you. Does that sound like somebody you know? Love your enemies? Pray for those who persecute you? Is that natural? No, it's totally unnatural. So 